0: every team every topic everywhere this is believe. what's up everybody and welcome in to commanding the huddle i am your host brian fowler from the traffic network you sit here Thursday morning as the 1-4 Washington Commanders head in to Chicago, into the Windus City, to face the 2-3 and three Chicago Bears. Now before we get into a full positional preview on offense and defense of the Chicago Bears, a little bit of a an overview of who the Bears are early in this season. And they're a competitive football team. And they're a team that if you're going in right now and expecting Washington as, as a veteran-laden football team with a lot of high-level talent as far as your young players that you've seen in these last few weeks. You saw De'Ami Brown break out last week. You got guys that Benjamin St. Juice is going to have more of an opportunity this week with William Jackson out. And you feel like you're in a good position to win this football game this week. However, this is a Bears team under new head coach Matt Eberflus and new GM Ryan Poles that competes their tail off every single week. And you look at their schedule... Outside of their Week 2 17-point loss at Green Bay, they beat the Niners in Week 1. They beat the Texans at home in Week 3. They lost to the Giants by 8 in New York. And then last week, they lost in Minnesota to the Vikings by 7 to where they could have won that football game very easily had the ball not bounced a couple ways, not the Vikings' way, instead of the Bears' way. A couple bounces here or there, and this Bears team is 3-2. and We know that it's hard to win in the NFL. I know you guys experience that for the Commanders. We talk about it all the time. It's not easy to win. But you look at this Washington team heading in, they're banged up on both sides of the ball. Just talked about William Jackson. He's out. So that means Benjamin St. Truce will start right now on the outside. Opposite of Kendall Fuller, which is what we've been asking for, even though Kendall Fuller is still slated to start. Rashad Wild Goose should get the start inside at the nickel. Carson Wentz is banged up. We heard that he's been dealing with a bicep strain. Sam Cosme's out. Logan Thomas is out. Jahan Dotson is out. People have to step up. We'll get into Chicago's defense that is stacked with young playmakers here in a little bit. But this is by no means a game that is going to be a given. Where you go in and and win that football game by 20. And head home to prepare for the Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers next week in week 7. This is going to be a competitive football game for the full 60 minutes. I know the national media, outside of, of us here at TDM, you know, they're not interested in watching the game. You go on social media, nobody wants to watch this game tonight. But we will. We'll be there every snap, just like we always are, paying attention to the ins and outs of this football team and the adjustments that they have to make to get to 2-4. and four. They go into Chicago tonight, crap the bed, and head out of there at 1-5. I feel like I've been saying it for multiple weeks now where changes have to be made. 1-5, in five, and you lose, say it's bad, to Chicago tonight where there's no sign of improvement on either side of the ball. Ron looks disinterested on the sideline again. Hasn't been a good week in Ashburn. Rivera throwing Carson Wentz under the bus, not taking responsibility for himself. I don't care that he apologized. He said it in the first place, right? It's been a bad week in Ashburn. The injuries are piling up. The record isn't good. The analytics that are coming out of these games is not good from your positional players breaking them into one-on-one matchups that they're winning and losing. their interior has been terrible. Wes Schweitzer, Nick Martin, Sadiq Charles, Sam Cosby's been bad. Now he's on the shelf. Obviously, Chase Roulier is out for the year. The train is beginning to come off the tracks here. If they head into Chicago tonight and come out of there one and five with Aaron Rodgers coming to FedEx field next week, I don't care that Devontae Adams isn't in Green Bay anymore. They've proven that they can still win games at number twelve, running that offense. This is this is a must-win game for the Washington Commanders. It is early in the season. It is October thirteenth. We still got two plus weeks until Halloween, and we're sitting here saying this is a must-win game for Washington to potentially get their season back on track, because the schedule does not get any easier moving forward. They have to win this football game. So let's dive in to the Chicago Bears on offense. Obviously led by quarterback Justin Fields, who has all the talent in the world individually, but he's got to get some talent around him to help him out on the perimeter and up front within their front five. They made they made some additions here in the last few years to potentially add guys that they thought could compete. They drafted guys like Khalil Herbert in the sixth round at Virginia Tech in 2021. They have David Montgomery, who is, one, in my opinion, one of the most physical backs and underrated backs in the NFL. He's a high-level talent. But they failed to give him anything on the perimeter. It's Darnell Mooney and nobody else. And you can ask around the industry, oh, Darnell Mooney's not a wide receiver one. He's more of a wide receiver two or a high-level wide receiver three. We've seen flashes from Mooney since his arrival in 2020 from Tulane as a fifth-rounder. And he's got all talent in the world as well. A dynamic talent on the outside that can align inside in the slot. He can align outside on the outside. And if Washington, whether it's St. Juice or Kendall Fuller, covering him tonight, I don't have any expectations for this defense to say St. Juice is going to shut Darnell Mooney down. Or Kendall Fuller is going to shut Darnell Mooney down. Because we really haven't seen that. The best performance we've seen from a corner this year, individually, was St. Juice against Philly. Against Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. I've, I've said my praises for Benjamin St. Juice, but obviously it has to be consistent each and every week. And I would like to see him align opposite of Darnell Mooney for 65%, 75% of the snaps if he can. I'm not asking him to travel. I don't think they're going to do that for, for Darnell Mooney because really the perimeter for Chicago doesn't scare anybody. Because outside of him, it's guys like Equinemius, St. Brown, it's Dante Pettis, Velas Jones is a guy they drafted out of Tennessee in the third round that... Initially, at last fall at Tennessee, made his name as a special teams guy. And then he goes to the Senior Bowl and is dominating corners one-on-one and gets drafted in the third round. And he can run. They brought over Amir Smith-Marset, who the Vikings used a, a day-three pick on out of Iowa a few years ago. He's now in the back end of that roster, but he can run. So they're going to be tested. I would not be surprised if Chicago comes out letting Justin Fields sling it around a little bit. We, we've seen him minimalized as far as what Chicago wants to do through the air. He's thrown it 15 to 20 times a game these last few weeks. He can throw the ball with success. Don't be a box score scout and look and say, oh, they're not throwing it that much. You know, they they want to run the ball heavy. They're running a triple option. It's like Air Force or Navy back in the day. Justin Fields has all the talent to throw it to the outside and compete. He's shown that this year. And produce. But if guys aren't separating on the outside, you're not going to force feed Justin Fields to sit back there for three seconds and get his his body torn up from a defensive front four in Montez Sweat and John Allen and Dron Payne that will be able to put pressure on him tonight. Now, that also adds in, you look at Washington's second level with Jamey Davis and Cole Holcomb because Justin Fields can run. He's one of the most dynamic young talents with his legs in the league. You think of guys like Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. Justin Fields can create off-script and outside of structure. And if they want to get him going, if the run game isn't going with Montgomery and Herbert, then they're going to give him the ball a little bit and allow him to create on some designated runs, whether they line up an empty and it's a quarterback sneak or a quarterback power that the Bills like to do with Josh Allen a little bit. They're going to be creative in ways to get the ball in Justin Fields' hands, not just in allowing him to look downfield and throw it. But the outside lacks pop. And they have the worst wide receiver core In the NFL. At tight end, they have bodies. Cole Komet was a second rounder in 2020. Second rounder. But they've got nothing from him. It's about player development that we talk about with us. It's about player development. You have to bring guys in, coach them up, and have draft guys and add guys, whether it's free agency or the draft or trades, that fits your scheme and evolve those guys. It takes years sometimes. Sometimes it takes weeks. Sometimes it takes days for things to click. But Chicago is, is in the kind of same bucket right now as Washington. And over the last 10, 15 years, as far as where do they go from here? There are no expectations. That's why really the industry doesn't really have an interest in this game tonight. Except for Burgundy and Gold fans and except for Bears fans, there's really no interest in this football game tonight. Two non-competitive football teams so far this season even though the bears have been in games but for washington you look at week two you look at week three and you look at week four they look like a team that that will have a top five pick come april so let's get into the offensive line i just talked about fields i talked a little bit about david montgomery and khalil herbert two guys that if they allow them to get the ground game going that it will it'll be tough for washington to limit them because montgomery and and herbert are are good talents in the backfield. They can create inside the tackles. They can create outside the tackles. It's not going to be 70 degrees tonight in Chicago. It's going to be blustery in the low 50s. High 40s. That's fall football. It's going to be windy. We know that in Chicago. That's going to affect the kicking game potentially. But you got to stop the ground game and force Justin Fields to throw it 20, 25 times tonight. And forcing it to the outside. And guys like Mooney and Pettis and St. Brown and make plays on the football because Washington has had limited production on the outside with just one interception through five games. So let's get into the big boys up front. Again, not a front five that's going to scare anybody. Left tackle Braxton Jones is a guy they took in the fifth round this past April out of Southern Utah. Lucas Patrick at left guard, Sam Mustafer at center. Tevin Jenkins, second rounder in 2021 out of Oklahoma State, and Larry Borum, a fifth rounder in 2021 out at right tackle. And I want to start with Braxton Jones at left tackle, who's actually not been bad this year. Small school kid. Again, Southern Utah, fifth rounder last year, a day three guy. He's been fine at left tackle. Now, you look back to them drafting Tevin Jenkins at Oklahoma State. He had issues in his first season as far as injuries were concerned. Now, he's been slotted in at right guard, and he's been fine as well in these first few games this year. So they're getting better on the front four with young players. They also drafted a guy, Jatir Carter, out of Southern University, in the seventh round this past year, he's got some pop if you have to come in rotationally if they were to suffer any in- injuries tonight. But this is not a front five that scares anybody. It's one of the worst in football overall. But I'm trying to stay positive just as like I do with the commanders and be honest with you guys as far as who actually pops within their front five. And Braxton Jones at left tackle and Tevin Jenkins at right guard have been good. However, I will take Alan Payne and Sweat over them every single day of the week. And I hope... I hope, I hate using the word hope, but I hope number 90 in Montez Sweat shows up again tonight in Chicago like he did in that first half against Tennessee, especially because he was absolutely dominant. Absolutely dominant in all facets. And it wasn't just a sack production like I talked about in that post-game recap on Monday morning for you guys. He was buzzing out in the flats, making plays, tackles for loss, clogging gaps in the run game, stacking and shedding tackles, trying to chip him with receivers and trying to block him with a tight end. That's not going to work. He was excellent in week five. Now it's the ability to show consistency with his registering his first two sacks of the year through five weeks and putting together another similar performance along the front four to take the pressure off of Allen and Payne within the middle to create pressure. Another big game. For Montez Sweat, whether he's working at left tackle over Braxton Jones or over right tackle against Larry Borum. So that's their front five. That's their offense. And they use also a little note as well: they like to use fullback Kari Blossom game a little bit in the run, more of a just a physical downhill presence as that fullback that is not going to be a dynamic fullback like we've seen in the past with a Kyle Juszczyk in San Francisco. He's not going to be like that or Michael Burton that we've seen in Kansas City over the last few years. Someone that likes to just come in as an extra body downhill in the goal line and just blow bodies out of the way. That's Kari Blossom game for this Bears offense. So let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. And for me, this this roster defensively and this depth chart actually excites me because Washington will have their hands full on offense tonight, blocking guys like Robert Quinn and Dom Robinson, who I saw at the Senior Bowl, fifth rounder in 2022. Guys like Jack Sanborn, who may get some snaps on defense, even though he's primarily been a special teams guy. They drafted Jaquan Brisker in the second round out of Penn State. They drafted Kyler Gordon at corner, a second rounder out of Washington, who's been excellent this year. Brisker and Gordon are a dynamic secondary tandem. Brisker at safety, rolling down into the box, rolling into that robber spot and that low hole spot, five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Jaquan Brisker I talked about it a lot heading into the draft last year I thought Washington was going to grab him when he was on the board with their second round pick and they opted to take Phil Mathis but Brisker's been outstanding for them through the first month and a quarter of this season dynamic everything we saw Penn State has been able to do here in the NFL and and obviously he's just now getting his feet wet Kyler Gordon had some rookie speed bumps in the first few weeks But now he's really come into form facing guys like Justin Jefferson last week. He's been a lot better. And I like what I've seen from Kyler Gordon. He and Trent McDuffie, now McDuffie with Kansas City, were dynamic at Washington for the Huskies last year in that Pac-12. And now he's been able to come into form on the outside as well. This is a depth chart and a defense that will be able to limit Washington offensively because who knows how healthy Carson Wentz is. He said he's going to give it a go, but all it takes is one throw, one hit, falls on it wrong if he has to go to the ground at any point, and he's out of the football game. Then the train really starts to get off the tracks. I know Taylor Heineke is a high-level backup. We will see tonight if Sam Howell is active for his first game because of potentially the injury concerns with Wentz. If he is, that means somebody else that gets snaps as far as a special team's core player will also be inactive, so we will see. We're also going to miss Percy Butler tonight for a second straight week. I would like to see him healthy. I want to see that range at the third level of the defense. He's been a special teams guy early on in the year. I want to see him get more snaps, but obviously the best ability is availability, and he's not healthy right now. But Washington will have their hands full on offense tonight. I want to get Brian Robinson going early Let's get Antonio Gibson going. Get J.D. McKissick involved in the passing game. Whether you have to throw it on first down or second down, get him on the field, not just on third down, where you become predictable as an offense. We'll see what happens along the front five. I have no expectations, but Andrew Norwell's going to be at left guard and Charles Leno's going to be at left tackle. We will see what happens with everybody else. I don't know if they're going to rotate guys. I don't know. I don't have any expectations for the center spot and the right side of the line right now. I think Norwell should be better this week. And I think Charles Lennon will be better at left tackle. But he's going to have his hands full. Robert Quinn, a longtime pass rusher in this league, led the NFL in sacks last year. People thought that he was going to be moved this offseason. Then you look on the opposite side. Al-Qadid Muhammad. Now, he doesn't move the needle for anybody, but he's someone that has a high motor. Someone that will be able to push the pocket a little bit, especially if he's working with the right side. And we'll see who's out there. If it's Cornelius Lucas, most likely, we'll see how he does. There are no expectations for this front five. I'm tired of sitting here saying the front five is going to be dominant. Washington's going to run over 100 yards in the first half, get the ground game going, open up play action over the middle of the field. Even though Logan Thomas is out, they're going to involve John Bates. They're going to involve Amari Rogers. Cole Turner's going to get some targets. They're going to get Curtis Samuel on that jet motion, orbit motion, work over the intermediate areas of the field. They're going to take their shots with Terry McLaurin on, on Kyler Gordon. They got De'Ami Brown who they still want to use, obviously, and take those deep shots and run those routes that Jahan Dotson has. I just don't have any expectations right now because I haven't, they haven't given me anything to, to really be excited about or expect, except for turn on the TV and by the second half, we're all disinterested. That's it. I'm just asking for competitive football tonight. They were competitive against the Titans. Be consistent. Be competitive. But win a football game. We've been expecting Washington to win games this year. What good does it do to sit here and say, oh, we're going to take C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young or Will Levis next year? Stop. We had the second overall pick just a few years ago. We had high picks before that. We've been in the top 15 for, it seems like, for decades. Where? What has this gotten? Where has it gotten us? One and four on October 13th in 2022 as we head into week six in Chicago. I just want competitive football and finding ways to to win football games, make adjustments on both sides of the ball, and win games and being competitive. This roster was expected to win 9, 10, potentially 11 games this year. That was the expectation. That is what the talent says. The coaching staff, this is year three. Year three means you have your guys in the building that you want to go to war with. A loss tonight is bad news bears. No pun intended. It's bad news, Bears. Billy Bob Thornton. Bad news, Bears. Walter Matthau. I don't want to sit here tomorrow, giving you guys a recap. And it's just all negatives again. I'm tired of doing negatives. Why not go out in Chicago, put up 30 on the board, allow 15, and get out of there with a win and get yourself to two and four? Because it is still early. I say that jokingly and I'm laughing because we always say that. I feel like I've been saying that for the last few weeks. It's still early. Still got a shot. Well, you're in a division that, outside of the Commanders, has a combined two losses with three teams. Four wins for the Giants. Four wins for the Dallas Cowboys. Five wins for the Philadelphia Eagles and the only undefeated team in the NFL. You got to get going at some point. And this was the first week where we've seen really things start to go crazy out in Ashburn. Coach blaming the quarterback when it's not Carson Wentz's fault. It sure as hell isn't Carson Wentz's fault these last few games and this year so far. He's been good under center. Not everything's been perfect. But the interception sure as hell wasn't his fault this past week. We talked about that in the recap. It's disgusting schematically what they did at the goal line there. But this is a game that Washington has to win, and it is not going to be easy. So we'll get back on track here and look at the second level of their defense. Roquan Smith, Nicholas Morrow, Joe Thomas plays that Sam for them. I like Roquan Smith a lot. I know you guys probably wanted Washington to, to trade for him later on in the year when trade talks were talking before week one kicked off. far so as Roquan Smith looking for potentially a new home. He's a dynamic middle linebacker in this league. He's someone that runs sideline to sideline. He can play. The weak side linebacker, he can play the Sam, he can play a middle linebacker, whatever you want Roquan Smith to do, he can do. A little bit undersized, that's kind of the, the archetype that people were kind of labeling him as he came out of Georgia, but he just makes plays, and he's everywhere, he's a throwback style linebacker that will let you know where he is on every single down. Number 58 will not be hard to spot tonight, he'll make his impact known from the opening whistle when Washington is in their first offensive series. I talked a little bit about Jack Sanborn right now. He's not getting a ton of defensive snaps kid out of Wisconsin, more of a special teams core player right now. Nicholas Morrow is a guy that came over from Las Vegas, not going to move the needle for anybody. An average linebacker, Joe Thomas, same thing. And then you get into the corners in the secondary. And I know I just talked a little bit about Brisker and Kyler Gordon, but they got guys like Jalen Johnson, a second rounder in 2020, Kendall Vildor, a fifth rounder in 2020. And then Eddie Jackson, who they drafted in the fourth round out of Alabama in 2017, who has, so the start of of his career, looked like to be one of the top young safeties in the NFL, but it's kind of leveled out and, and come back down to earth as one of the average NFL defenders. But they do have Brisker. They do have Kyler Gordon. These are guys that can make plays. And Jalen Johnson on the outside, whether it's Kyler Gordon or Johnson on Terry McLaurin tonight, it won't be easy for number 17. Now, is there any corner in the league that I think can lock up Terry McLaurin for a full 60 minutes. I don't think he gets his against anybody, but they will probably look to double him. They will probably look to bracket him tonight, just like the Eagles did, just like Dallas did. The Titans did a little bit on the outside, but that's specifically against Dallas and Philadelphia. That's what they did to holster against and counter Washington's offense when they try to target Terry McLaurin, but I want him to get involved early from the opening snaps of the football game. Don't wait until the second quarter. Don't wait until the second half to get number 17 involved. You have to get him involved and in rhythm early for Washington to reach their performance ceiling on offense, not just today, but moving forward into the season. Because there are a lot of games left, no matter if this team ends up with one win all season long. Terry McLaurin is a core player here in Washington. We understand that. They paid him to do that. Involve him in the game plan. Force feed him the football. This is a young secondary. There is a rookie in Gordon. It is a rookie in Brisker. This is the third year for Jalen Johnson. This is the third year for Kendall Vildor. These are younger guys, relatively, that are still learning the speed of the game at the NFL level, learning offensive concepts at the NFL level, adjusting under fire. Scott Turner, relatively, provides a unique game plan for what he wants to do week to week. I think he adjusts fine, except for, obviously, at the end of that Tennessee game, which I don't know what the hell that was. But overall, I like what Scott Turner does offensively. I like the concept, the spacing that he has with his wide receivers, usually. But we will see how healthy Carson Wentz is. But the biggest thing for me, gotta get the ground game going tonight. Feed Brian Robinson, he led the team in carries against Tennessee, Get Antonio Gibson going. Force feed them the football. Jonathan Williams is out tonight. Gibson, McKissick, and Robinson. Your three-headed backfield that we've talked about all offseason. Feed them the football and take the onus off of Carson Wentz not to throw it 45 times a game for 350 plus yards and multiple touchdowns to keep you in the football game. Run the ball with success and force feed it despite not knowing what your front five you're going to get from them tonight. We will see. What the front five is going to do. I just talked about it. If you don't get a push up front, it's going to be hard to create in the run game. And when you can't get a push, and you're forced to sit back and throw it 45 times a game, and you got guys like Robert Quinn coming off the edge, it's a recipe for disaster. However, I do think Washington will be better along the trenches tonight. I do think Brian Robinson will run for a touchdown tonight. I will call it. I will say Brian Robinson rushes for a touchdown tonight. So I'm excited in that aspect. Ground and pound football and opens up play action for Carson Wentz, which opens up deep shots once those linebackers and safety start to creep up from that second and third level. So that's going to do it for today's podcast. I am not going to make a prediction for tonight's game because, again, I have no expectations, but I do know what Washington has to do to win this football game. It's executing the little things. It's limiting the penalties. Run the football with success. Play defense, in effect, where you don't allow Justin Fields to beat you with his legs, force you to beat him with his arm, be physical on the outside, send him some unique looks and some exotic stuff from that second level, blitzing Holcomb, blitzing Davis, and then Montez Sweat, John Allen, Ron Payne have to be the guys that Washington expects them to be within the trenches and on the outside. So, as always, greatly appreciate you guys tuning in. I will talk to you tomorrow. I will have a recap Of the game, Washington, Chicago Bears, week six in Chicago. Let's hope it's two and four, baby. Let's hope. Why not? Positives, positives, positives. Heading in to tonight, Thursday Night Football, primetime game. I hope you guys have Amazon Prime Video. I know for you guys in the DMV area. I believe it's on Fox 5 tonight to watch. I may be wrong, but I know some family members of mine are in the DMV area still, and they... It says on Fox 5, so we will see. Hopefully, it's on there for you in case you don't have Amazon Prime. But hey, Burgundy Gold, another chance to get better. Every week presents a chance to get better and prove yourself as a football team. So let's see who steps up tonight with a massive game against the Chicago Bears tonight in Chicago in primetime. So thank you guys as always for tuning in. You can follow me on social media if you don't already underscore Ryan Fowler on Twitter. My written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I will talk to you tomorrow. I am Ryan Fowler from The Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.